hey, it's Dave, and you know I'm not a fan of pre-rolls, so the fact that I'm doing one, you know this is important, and it's time-sensitive, because March 21st at 5.30 Eastern, myself and my favorite book guru, Thomas Umstadt Jr., are doing a webinar on book launch secrets. And if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch, you'll learn more about it. But I just wanted to get this in here because that's right around the corner. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. On today's show, we have some sad news about one of my favorite products. And we've got Michelle Jackson, who's going to remind us, hey, when it comes to podcast monetization, there's more than ads. Welcome to Profit From Your Podcast, proven strategies to turn listeners into a livelihood. Here's your host, Dave Jackson. Well, one of my favorite apps, in fact, I talked about it twice on this show, was called Volley. And it was an asynchronous, which is a fancy word that means I go and then you go. And I was using that for coaching. They set up ways to accept payments. It was really cool. And I interviewed Josh Little, who was one of the co-founders back on episode 55. And I said, man, I love your your app is so amazing. There's only one thing I hate about it. And he said, what? And I go, it's free. And I've seen free business models go out of business, to which Josh made a really great point. I've seen companies that charge for things that go out of business. And the bad news is, on April 30th, 2023, Volley will cease to exist. And if somebody said, why didn't this work? And first of all, Josh and their team were amazing at creating community, and they had an amazing product. So what was the problem? And I stepped back and I thought about it because uh, I wasn't paying for Volley. And I think that was the problem. They started off and they made this great product. And people kept saying, can you get it to do this? And can you get it to do that? And can I get it to do this? And and, and then and they said, okay, from this point forward, that's all the free stuff. And we're going to make some really cool stuff that you're going to have to pay for. But we promise you, you're never going to have to pay for what you currently have. And the problem was the product was really good at that point. And so when they came down from the mountain with their premium stuff, at least for me, I didn't need it. And I was on volley for a while. And I wanted, if if I were to pay for it, it would have been way too expensive for me. And so consequently, free worked. And again, free is not a good business model. So they're going out of business. Now, I really like, and I'm finally... This is the thing that's so frustrating. I'm finally getting my clients to understand the power of it, and I'm getting them to use it, and it's going away. But I did find a decent replacement, and that is a product that is affordable. It's called Zip Messenger. If you go to profitfromyourpodcast.com slash 63, that will be the episode description for this episode, or just go to profitfromyourpodcast.com slash Zip Messenger. For the record, they are going to be rebranding in the future. And it's going to be really geared towards coaching. So the, in fact, I'm going to go back and redo episode 55 because, well, that app doesn't exist anymore. But uh, I did find what I feel is a good replacement. And the other thing I love about it is it integrates with, and this is the real name of the software, less annoying CRM. And that is really cool because now when I send a message to somebody, it automatically goes into their record 
on less annoying CRM. So I'll have links to everything out at profitfromyourpodcast.com slash 63. When we come back, we're going to hear from Michelle Jackson and we're talking, hey, uh, you know what? There are more ways to monetize your show than advertising. Do you know why your podcast is not growing? The answer is you probably don't. And you know why? You are way too close to the trees to see the forest. I see this all the time. And look, if you're looking to monetize your show, you need an audience. That's kind of step one. Now, you don't need a giant audience, but you need an audience. And if you need help growing your show, I can help. Go out to ProfitFromYourPodcast.com slash contact and let's schedule a strategy session today. I occasionally pop in and I'm asked to talk on the Podcasting Power Hour show, which is a fun kind of open round table. And we ask people from the audience if they have any comments. And one of those people was Michelle Jackson. And she just started spewing stuff that I was like, preach, girl, go on, get it, yeah. And uh, you might know her from Michelle is moneyhungry.com. She also has brandbuildinglab.com. She's been doing content for decades, literally, like been started off with a blog for years. She's been in magazines. She's been on TV and she always makes really good points. And I said, hey, you got to come on the Profit From Your Podcast show. So here's my conversation with Michelle. Michelle, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And listeners, I do want to say right now, I'm a little froggy sounding because I'm at the tail end of recovering from the COVID. So the COVID. please bear with me. But I know you said on uh, the brandbuildinglab.com, you mentioned on your website, you're like, hey, from 2021 to mid-2022, normally I don't get into people's wallets, but you put it out there on the website. You said, I made $19,500 on projects related to my podcast and my overall brand. And I was like, well, hey, there's some credibility right there. Obviously, you know how to make money with a a podcast. What do you think are some of the the biggest mistakes that people are making when it comes, those that are trying to make money? uh, What are they tripping over? What I'm noticing in podcasting is this, that we're at that point in the conversation where people are understanding that podcasting is really time consuming. There's a lot to it if you're going to do it well. And they're having these deep conversations with themselves around, is it ethical to monetize this, this thing that I'm doing that I love so much? And then there are people like me who are like, look, bro, it can take seven to 10 hours to do one episode. And that's including admin. That's including marketing. That's including the editing. That's including like there's so much to doing a show well. And so the conversation around monetizing is in podcasting in particular is that people are really having what I find to be a very difficult time understanding that monetizing isn't just sponsorships. It is so weird to me. And they're very, very resistant to hearing of other ways to do it. And so because of that, I just got so tired of hearing these conversations. I started a project called Podcasters Getting Paid. And the thing that I've noticed is 
podcasters are also at the point where they're very reluctant to spend money to learn things. I'm not the only person to notice this. And what I notice is that people are not there yet. They're, they're still wanting all the free. And I'm like, people, if you only want free, then why should I pay you? This will change. I think probably another year or two, this will trend. Like people will start, start getting frustrated with treading water and not getting the results that they're wanting. But as an industry, I think we're still not there yet. It blows me away that people won't go to Namecheap or CoolerWebsites.com and spend 12 bucks on a domain for $12 a year, the dollar a month. Instead, they try to get people to go try and spell this dot whatever dot slash dot. No, go, just go buy a domain name. So it's like if you can't invest 10 bucks to have your own ecosystem where your project lives, then you're not ready for monetizing. Like you're not there yet. And that's, yeah. a, and that's totally okay. By the way, yeah. everything that I've started online, I started free. And, and the reason why that was, was I didn't have money. Like I was in, in a little bit of my backstory. I got into personal finance blogging because I wanted to share my story. I was not thinking about monetizing. None of that was even a glimmer in my mind in 2012. All I was trying to do was to share my personal finance story. It was really shitty and part of my SBOM. And, and I wanted to create community around the fact that some of us aren't born knowing all the things about money or things happen. And that literally that was it. The goal was to just to share my story. And if it helped one other person, great. But in, at the end of 2014, so uh, 2012, I started creating content about two years, two and a half years later, I really burnt out from work. So I was paying off thousands and thousands of dollars of debt. And there came a time where I was just unable to continue working. Like I was so burnt out and I ended up quitting my job and going into digital work. I was not uh, an entrepreneur. I would say that I was self-employed. I was doing projects for other people. And I still was doing my blog and I was adding, I think around that time I also added the podcast, but I was still creating this content because it was so, such a blessing to me and I enjoyed it so much. And I, I love the people that I met um, as a result of the project, but there, there came a point where I was like, I can't work for myself and not have this make money. It, it doesn't make sense. There's just like, there's a crossroads you hit where you, you're like, it doesn't make sense. And because I wasn't working a nine to five, I couldn't absorb that cost. So, so what happened was I just had to make money in order to sustain, sustain myself, but also to keep the projects going. They could not be free, mm. you know? Well, and again, I always point this out. If you try to make something for everybody, it's just not going to work. So you're like, look, this is what I talk about. Here's why. Here's how I'm different. And this is my little thing. And it'll either attract people or it won't. But you're doing your thing. And apparently, obviously, it's you're attracting people and getting you on TV and all sorts of other fun stuff. So that's a beautiful thing. Do you think people have realistic expectations when they get into podcasting? I think people do not have realistic expectations of what it takes to podcast, vlog, you know, blog, whatever it is that you're doing in the online space, I think that they really don't understand how much time it takes to really build up a profitable brand. And uh, partly just because 
there's a, a learning trajectory. You have to learn how to do the things. You have to learn what works for you, what doesn't. You have to learn who your audience is. Your audience might change as you change. So, so part of where I think the, the challenges in, in podcasting specifically, since this is a podcast show, is that people change as they do their work and their own intent specific to their project likely changes, even if they don't realize it. And then when that happens, the listener intent is also impacted, right? So I have friends who are into financial independence, retire early. And it's very interesting because that's a very popular sub-niche in the personal finance space. And it's interesting because when these people are creating content prior to when they retire, a lot of them opt to retire out of normal, like regular nine to five work at a certain point. How their lives are post fire is very different. And so it just changes their view of what they're doing. When I paid off my 60K plus of unsecured debt, I had so much debt, how I thought about what I was doing changed because I didn't have this massive albatross of like all these people calling and texting me and emailing me and and sending me letters, like that was gone. So my intent and the content and where my head was at changed. And I think that when people are creating podcasts, be it maybe you're doing a podcast about Veronica Mars and then you watch season four and you're just like, what the hell? That might just be me, by the way, a huge Veronica Mars fan. How your show is impacted by that season ending and what happened You've gone through a journey with this fictional character. Likewise, if you're doing like a nonfiction piece of work, like what I do, how your journey looks as you change, it changes. So that that intent conversation is huge. And I love that you brought intent up because most podcasters don't sit down and think, why am I doing this show? And what's the intent of the listener? What does the listener want from me? Why are they showing up, right? Like, why are they hanging out and spending 40 minutes, t- 10 to 40 minutes or, or or more listening to me talk about a thing? Like, I'm not on your show just to be random. Like, there's a reason why I'm on your show. And my goal by being on your show to be very transparent is to let people know what I'm doing. But at the same time, it's like, I have to be of service to your audience. So likewise, if you're a podcaster and you're just like showing up on a Tuesday and you're like, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to just show up and randomly like record something. Why the hell am I listening to your show? Like, why are you wasting my time? And you can be entertaining, but you need to have some purpose around what that looks like. If you're trying to monetize, if you're not trying to monetize, show up and be random. If you're trying to monetize, you need to have some, you need to be thinking about these things or else you're wasting our time. Absolutely. What are some of the other ways you, you said we are, we seem so rigid. What are the ways when somebody says, how can I make money with my podcast? What are the, some of the ways that you recommend? One of my favorite things to do, especially as the weather starts to get chillier. I love writing books. I love them, love them, love them because you can write ebooks in particular at your own pace 
at your house. They could be nonfiction or fiction. I've done both. And quite honestly, my ebook revenue really saved my butt during COVID when I had passive income coming in every single, I have, ever since I started publishing ebooks, I've never had a month where I didn't make money. I have nonfiction and fiction. So the fiction are romance books. I read them. I love them. And it's a lot of fun for me to write because I'm always talking about money and in the money space. So it really balances out that other content, right? I have a course. So I have literally a course teaching people how to write eBooks and, you know, market them and monetize them and all that kind of stuff. So my make money with eBooks course makes me money. I love it. It's so much fun. I love helping people write books. Downside with courses depends on the type of of thing you're helping them do. So in the case of my my course, I love it. However, it takes people a while to write the book. So I get paid, but the back end can be a little long. So it just depends on what you want to do. I make money with affiliates. So I have a website, have a blog, but the thing with affiliate marketing, it's so, it's not just written content that you can make affiliate money with. You can sponsor your show with affiliates. You could, but if you do that, it has to make sense. So like my personal finance show, I'm not going to, I'm not going to share an affiliate for ice skates. Like that makes no sense. Right. right. But I, I actually found an affiliate. I've been looking for a specific type of affiliate recently and there's a way for women in particular to work from home using an appliance that they already have at home. So I am I found an affiliate so that women who are stay-at-home moms, things like that, for whatever reason they're at home, they can wash clothes and they can get paid for washing other people's clothes. They just have to have a washer machine and dryer. That's it. I love it. Why? Because they're already washing clothes at their house. Right. And so for some women, this could be a very empowering thing. But in addition to that affiliate, it has to be paired with the right content. So I have a whole season worth of content that I'm doing around women and money. So to me, it's a really ideal partnership for that content. So it just, you have to be, again, very thoughtful around content, intent, and your intent and the intent of the listener right? You can't just throw something randomly in there. I was flown out to San Francisco to record basically a video series about what is credit. That was very lucrative last year. That was, that, that was a significant part of that, that almost $20,000. And, but again, it's a hundred percent in alignment with my brand because I was paying off debt. Of course I had bad credit because of that. And so it was something very personal to me and it, it just was a win, win, win. It all made sense. I've hosted an in-person event. So I hosted in 2019, an in-person event called Money on the Mountain. It was for women. And I had that event sponsored because I could not get go in the red for that event. I had to make yeah. money. And so, so this is why I'm saying like, there's so many ways you can make money. I had one person that is a podcaster tell me that she she accepted like a $75 sponsorship and it was $25 for each episode, like a pre-roll or something. Now this person is very well established in the personal finance space. And I was like, girl, no, no. And, and I was like, it would have been better. And she was working with entrepreneurs in some capacity. And I was like, it would have been better for her to create an in-person event 
where those entrepreneurs paid to participate in the event, paid to either be attendees or sponsors of the event, she would have made a hell of a lot more money than having this evergreen sponsorship that doesn't serve anyone at all. How do you figure out what to charge? Oh, that this is such a good question. Uh, this is such a good saving question. Saving the best for last. It, so it really depends on a couple of things. So again, I monetize in a lot of different ways. And so this question will come up often. So I was speaking with a friend of mine in the podcasting space. And I was like, yeah, I just signed another pre-roll sponsor and, you know, it was three, three grand for, for five to seven episodes, depending on what I decided to do. And my friend's like, Michelle, you need to raise your price. I was like, okay. Like it wasn't because I've done it long enough that if I get that feedback, it's an easy yes. Now in the beginning, I would have been like, well, I don't know. And, oh, I feel weird. And, but I have established my authority over years and years and years of work. With this question of of how to know what to charge, there are a couple of things you can do which to to know when to raise your rates because sometimes it, you're not sure, right? So I negotiate deals. A lot of it is through showing the ecosystem that I've created with my overall brand. So I'm not. I have yet. And by the way, with that three thousand dollar sponsor, they didn't ask for my downloads. I have not had anyone ask for my downloads. And the that, one the one sponsor who did was the most work and they paid $2,000. I'll never, ever, ever do that again. I, I undercut myself and they were paying the ass. For, for me, that shows you're matching up the sponsor with your content. Because if you have the people they're looking for, they kind of don't care. Exactly. Because I always use the example of a triathlete. If you made a product for triathletes, you could advertise in men's health and women's health and shape and all these other things. But now you find a podcast for triathletes. Now they're not going to have anywhere near the reach that those magazines do, but everybody there is a triathlete and every person needs your product. And that's where it's like, they're not going to ask how many downloads you get. They're just going to go, wait, you have triathletes. Oh, we need those. How much? And you exactly. give them a, that's it. So exactly. And this is a thing. This goes back to, you have to be so thoughtful around who you're putting in front of your audience and how. So there could be opportunities that I could partner with people and I might decide, you know what? I don't want this in my regular content. Maybe I'll create something specifically separate for them. So like I met someone, I feel like they do a show called Lore. I could be wrong, but I feel like that's the show. Aaron okay. Lanky. Amazing, amazing, amazing team. Ama they were so cool. Yeah. And when I was talking to them and we were talking about monetizing, because they do monetize in different ways, but you would never hear that in their show. And I said to them, I was like, look, you could literally just create a behind the scenes, similar to like what Game of Thrones does, because yeah. I'm going to start listening to their new podcast. Like I all of a sudden I'm like, for some reason, I want to listen to the podcast. They have a mm -hmm. supplemental podcast for their new show as well as the old show. And it doesn't distract from the show because it's not a part of the show. It's shared at the tail end of an episode that they have this podcast. And I've seen it enough times. I'm like, I need to listen to the podcast. Yeah. It's not disruptive. And I think this is a big thing for those audio purists, for those show purists. You do not have to disrupt the flow of your show. 
you could create something supplemental to the content that you're creating. It could be in person. It could be a play. It could be a video series. It could be something that has absolutely nothing to do if you have like specifically an audio only show. If you have a video show, you could do the same thing. You could do a cocktail hour. You could do a party. You could do a, I mean, Star Trek freaking has a, a ship thing that they do where you go sail with Star Trek. Okay. If it weren't for the fact that nothing about sailing on a boat with 4,000 people was remotely attractive to me, I would be on that boat. Right. So there are just so many different things that you can do. It's just people's lack of creativity that's impacting their ability to think big. That's it. Well, Michelle, thank you so much. Again, you can find her at michelleismoneyhungry.com and brandbuildinglab.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I hope if, like my my biggest hope, my biggest wish is that for anyone listening to this episode, that they leave thinking about what monetization looks like differently. Just ask yourself this question. If I were to monetize my work and I could not use a sponsor, what would that look like? Go for a hike or something, get on your stationary bike and ride and kind of think about it. Just don't try to force the answer. Just kind of let it come to you. And I think you'll be really surprised by what the answer is. Preach it, girl. I'm here to (laughs) That's it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, that was great. Michelle is a lot of fun. Again, you can find her at brandbuildinglab.com as well as Michelle is moneyhungry.com. And I think the thing that I see a lot that she talked about with the mindset of people is people have bought a bunch of hope by with three easy payments. They get this bucket of hope and they think, okay, I've bought the course, I've done whatever, and now money is just going to, you know, fall from heaven. And that's just not the way it works. I know she mentioned books and it's interesting because you think writing the book is the hard part. The hard part when I wrote the book, Profit From Your Podcast, is getting people to read it. That's why I have this podcast. So keep that in mind. But I also love the fact that she said, match the right product for the right audience. And so I've been helping people with podcasting since 2005. And I just noticed that there were two things. Some people needed, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, because we're just, you're doing something different. You're out of your comfort zone. So you want a little handholding. And I also noticed that I love helping people. And I was spending a lot of time knocking on doors, answering a lot. And I mean, a lot of questions to get somebody to sign up for coaching, answer all their questions in 30 minutes, and then never see them again. So what I've done is I've taken the school of podcasting and I now offer those people that sign up for a monthly fee, they get all the courses, they get all the community, but they also get access to me. And people are like, wait, that doesn't scale. And I'm like, yep, you're right. It doesn't. And I'll worry about that when it doesn't scale. But I actually now am offering unlimited one-on-one consulting through, again, asynchronous coaching many times. But there are those people that still want to get on Zoom 
And I'm cool with that, but that's one of the advantages of asynchronous coaching. And so you can check that out at schoolofpodcasting.com. If you add a slash listener to the end of that, schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener, that will also save you on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And of course, if you're here to learn how to monetize your podcast, check out the book at profitfromyourpodcast.com slash book. Hey, it's Dave. Thanks for sticking around here. Again, this is not the norm, but we've kind of got a time-sensitive issue here because this webinar is March 21st about book launch secrets. It's myself and Thomas Umstadt, and then he's going to talk about this course. And it's going to basically go over everything you need to know about launching your book. And you'll learn proven principles and methods to help your next book or get your first book off the ground like a rocket. Thomas, the same way that I live and breathe podcasting, Thomas lives and breathes books. And then what's beautiful about it is his kind of mentor, James L. Rubart, it's kind of like getting Han Solo and Yoda at the same time. And the reason I think this is so important is this is the last time they're teaching this course. Now, the webinar you're signing up for absolutely free and you're going to walk away with a lot of great ideas and an offer. We're not going to lie to you. They're going to talk to you and ask you to take this course, but there's so much value in just the free webinar. I wanted to let you know that it's going on and it's happening very, very soon. March 21st. Look at the calendar. Yeah. That's like, holy cow. It's coming right up. All you have to do is go to school slash book launch. That's school slash book launch. I can't wait to see you there.